So full energy from bed right here Cause they're my enemies Subscribe and like, rate and review Your hosts of the day be Couple guests too We're gonna win a trophy when overdue Can we do the double make it deja vu It's a move London thing Third one is only on the wing Harry's one of our own nine and in He's only got one E but let's see the king And we got Delhi Ali that's talking With the show side, with the show side With the show side's what we sing With the show side, with the show side It's a new flunder pain Yo, yo, nah, 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 stop that, stop that, stop that right now, stop that right now, listen, listen, we just lost to West Ham, it's horrible, there are nine points clear of us, that's horrible, they're already one of the scummiest teams in the league, that's horrible, but we are not going to make this a painful pod, we are going to make this a pragmatic pod, right, because it's unfair for people to have gone off and watched Tottenham lose and then come and hear us talk like we've just been banged. So let's just try and be pragmatic <laughs> in this approach, all right? Should we start again? Okay, let's start again. Yo, 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 okay, yo, you know yo, 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 <laughs> they don't know who we are. What? They know who we are. They tapped on the they tapped on the self cloud icon. Anyway, look, listen. Intro the show. <laughs> no, yo, 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 yo. It's the Shell Side Podcast. You know who we are. It's episode forty three. And we're gonna bring that energy even though we are in dire straits at the moment. And yes, I said dire straits. So you know what time it is? It's Andrew alongside the dulcet tones of Kwabna. And Kwabna, how you doing and whose episode is it this week? Um, I, do you know what the thing is about these episodes is I don't like to look them up. I want it to just come straight naturally for me. And now we've got to these, like, 43, the dregs. I mean, I can't lie to you. It's not coming to me, actually. I mean, the last one that came to me properly was 40 or 41. So, <laughs> since then, I've been struggling. 43. Nah, I don't think I've got anything for you until 53, to be honest with you. So, the next 10 might be, yeah. the next 10 might be tough. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it will be tough. I might even give up. Um, oh, but today's one, ironically, is Ryan Fredericks, and obviously, oh, okay, cool. he he plays for West Ham. Yep, yep, fantastic. Just what we wanted. <laughs> That's what we needed. Yeah, I thought that was ironic. Just what. We so you were needed. saying? You were saying we're going to be upbeat? You were saying? Yeah, I mean, look, it's not about even about being upbeat. It's like, look, we we let's get into the game, right? So. We went you, down... Are you going to ignore the Wolfsburg game, though? Are we just ignoring that one because this one was so bad, or what? what yeah, I mean, do? there's not much... To, I don't think there's much even to say about the Wolfsburg thing. Because it's like, Wolfsburg, we played we played well. It was nice to see um, Ali come and play well. It was nice to see Bale play well. You can only be used in front of you, right? And it might provide the platform for bigger wins moving forward. There's no doubt about that. It was nice to get that win. I'm not gonna brush over it at all, um, but I guess when you have a game like we did against West Ham, it puts everything into perspective and brings you straight back to earth. Yeah, that's very true. Very, very true. So European nights can't hide the failings. I mean, even in that game, uh, we gave away a 
dropped yet another penalty, yeah. yet another needless penalty. And I don't know how you give away a penalty when you're in possession of the ball. Um, that is a new low. Um, they hit the bar, could have been 3-2, and that game could have been very different, right? But we got the result, and Big Vin got a goal, a decent finish as well, um, but didn't play particularly well. But 4-1 on paper should mean Wednesday's game is a formality. And then you're thinking good things, and then you come into this West Ham game, a game against a side who always want to be our rival. And we've said over the years, they're not our rivals. But like you alluded to earlier, they're, what, nine points ahead of us? In Champions League spots? Yeah. Solid, know how to win. Um, Set-piece specialists, all of that stuff. They're organised and got talent. And, yeah, they'll probably, at this rate, finish above us. Um, May not win a trophy, but they will finish above us. And that's enough bragging rights for that mob that we don't need. I don't think think it's guaranteed that they'll finish above us. Well, we're on a slide. We've lost five out of the last six Premier League matches, which is shocking. That is relegation form. Exactly. Since the turn of the year, our form has been shocking. And if you notice, it's not just the fact that we're losing. We're not scoring many goals as well, right? So Kane and Son, not really bagging the goals. Uh, And a lot of players are underperforming. But let's get into the game, and I'm sure we'll cover some of this stuff in it anyway. All right, so there are two calamitous goals. Our defence, I mean, I don't think there's anything left for us to say about our defence. It's just like, it's just not working. Um, It's just not working. And the goals that we conceded were absolutely shocking, right? And then we dominated like large parts of the game, shots on tar- shots on goal, all that kind of stuff. Like, and actually started to play some good stuff after we were um, after we went behind. And you know, it's hard to say it's hard to say we deserved more from the game when we didn't score. Like, I I always find it very frustrating when people use that terminology. Oh, we deserve this, we deserve that. But if you don't score goals. Like who's supposed to do you favors? Is the is the goal supposed to grow a little bit so you don't hit the crossbar and it goes in? Is the goal supposed to move from left to right? It's like, you know, it's frustrating to say that you know we deserve more. The bottom line is we started play we we started the game okay, right, and then we gave away two sloppy goals. If you want to give away goals like that, you don't deserve to win. Like that's that's just being raw. Like being the competitive person, like I know you are. You 100% understand where I'm coming from. It might feel harsh because we're licking our wounds from losing to West Ham. But if you're going to concede goals like that and you're going to allow Jesse Lingard to finish that, that like our centre-backs, it's like they ran into each other and then parted like the Red Sea and then he he, he sort of threw. The idea that we even could have got close to a, an offside was a joke. When they tried to say that, was a VR thing, I was thing. What was that like, all about? I was like, what are they checking? What are they checking? That's onside. I had no he idea. It, he banged it clearly. Great finish. Great yeah. finish. By so, the so, um... To me, it's like I don't think we I don't think we can say that we deserve to win the game, but I felt that we 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 played really well in the second half. We continued to put the pressure on. There was a variety of things, right? So it wasn't just like it wasn't just like crosses or long shots. There were long shots. There were crosses. There were attempts at slipping the ball through. There was movement. There was just more of a buzz about our team. But we've seen this against. Wolves, we've seen this against Palace, we've seen this against Fulham. Like this idea of us starting to play the football we want to see on a regular basis, only after we've gone behind. 
and we're chasing the game, it's just really frustrating. And, you know, does anyone really want to see that? It's just, it's difficult right now. It's difficult right now. Very difficult. I'll make you right, Kwabna. I mean, you remember, we all remember that game, the 0-0 against Man City at White Hart Lane. Could be like almost 10 years ago to a while ago, when Joe Hart has that absolute worldy performance. And that's a game you could turn around and say, we deserve to win. When a keeper has a worldie and you hit one or two against the post, but you're fully dominant and you're creating loads and loads of chances. But you're right. Today we had territory. Today we had a lot of possession. Um, and we had lots of shots on goal. Not necessarily on target, but on goal. Now, we didn't create so many clear-cut chances. And yeah, we had decent chances. I mean, Kane should have done better with a, with a couple. But like you say, when you concede two goals that you would be berating your under-11 side for, berating, nobody sensing danger, nobody understanding what's going on. We, we Teams don't have to work hard to score goals against us, which is so frustrating, right? A simple cross into the box causes panic and ends up in a goal. Players just running into our box cause a problem. There is nobody who is really cutting us open. Still, up until today, apart from Man City, no one has really taken us apart. Okay, maybe the Liverpool game, we're a bit disorganised. But we create our own problems time and time again. And there's no, we touched on it last week, no leadership at the back there. Um, and plenty of players off form. So when you do concede a goal at the start of each half, you're always going to be up against it. What I found hilarious was that um, by the end of the game, I think Jose couldn't have had any more attack-minded players on the pitch than he actually did. But it kind of resulted in nothing because West Ham and most sides will sit back and say, come and open us up. And that's what we've struggled to do, right? We are a transition team. We play well when we are on the counter attack with the type of players we have. When you say to us, come and pick our pockets, open us up, we don't have that typical number 10 in order to do that. Um, so, we struggled since Ericsson left, and even when we had Ericsson at times, we struggled to do that. So once a team goes one new up against us, we are going to struggle, especially in the form we're in. But you're right, the second half was better, was a better performance, and I didn't feel as disappointed in the way we tried to play football, but the way we just concede is so frustrating, and it makes, it makes you want to throw something at your TV. It really does, because it's time and time and time and time again. And Jose's been questioned, and now the fan base is going to absolutely hate me, and I actually hate myself for it. But we praised Ledley King when we were keeping clean sheets. Um, do you think Ledley King is failing at his role, or do you think he's out of his depth? What do you think is happening in that particular situation? I guess it's about the amount of control that they that um, he has in the setup, right? So, of course, I don't know the ins and outs of what he's the schemes that he's putting together. But at one stage, it seemed like he was tightening things up. We had a system, and that at that point, we were working with Toby and Dyer. 
we were sitting deep, so everyone said, oh, it makes sense, because then Thaya's not get, um Toby's not being caught on the, on the counter so much and having to run run backwards, so that works considering he's getting older. Um, and then Dyer, everything just comes in from the air, he just has to header it away, so everyone felt like it was the perfect combination. Then we changed from that combination, and things started to get a bit difficult. We started to play differently, and the kind of vibe of our defence, everything became a bit more disorganised. And progressively, things just became a bit more erratic. Um, Sanchez was brought in, then he was taken out, then he was brought in, then he was taken out, then he was brought in, and he stayed for a little while. Then Rodon came in, and then we, they were trying to work out who the best partnership is. I don't know if it's fair to say that Ledley is the reason... Because I just don't know how much control. If he's the defensive coordinator, though, like he's got to take some responsibility for this. But he's also someone who's learning the trade, right? And overall, if he suggests something that the manager doesn't agree with, the manager's not going to let it run. So if the if we're going to say if we have a great defensive performance, we say, "Oh, Marina did this, Marina did that." So the same way, if it's terrible, he's got to take the he's got to take the brunt as well. Yeah, and um, the good points there, I remember when if we looked down the road, um, down the Seven Sisters Road, you had when Steve Bold came in to um, tighten up their defence, apparently he was largely ignored um, as a defensive coordinator. So you're right, in, in terms of how much a leeway they actually have... Um, yeah, how much influence uh, is hard. It's, it's hard to say, man. It's hard to say. I mean, to look, to, when you put attacking players on the pitch, like you mentioned, and and they and they are going to, they're happiest when they're creating opportunities, scoring goals. So that's what they're going to go and do. Today was one of the best performances we've seen. Actually, I would say it's the best performance I've seen um, from Bale since he's come back. Yeah, but he followed that up from the midweek. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. This is the best run of, of form he's had, right? So people are going to be saying, oh, it's got to be Son, Kane and... and and um, and and Bale now, and that's the the front three. And again, look, I have no problem with that, right? What I have a problem with is our style of play. People are in our mentions saying that the team isn't good enough. The team isn't good enough. The team isn't good enough. And it's annoying because I think a lot of podcasts, a lot of commentary, a lot of punditry are trying hard not to do this, but they find themselves comparing the two still. Right, Pochettino and Mourinho. And the fact is, not the fact is, it's my strong belief, it might as well be facts, because let's face it, I'm rarely ever wrong, is that with, with this team, with this team, in this season of upheaval and uncertainty and disruption, this squad, this season, Pochettino finishes top three. Calm. Don't know what happens in cups. <laughs> I don't know what happens in cups. But I have no doubt that in a season like this, he finishes top three. And the I'm reason, just going to say, and the reason I'm just going to say, you gone. started that sentence with uh, un- a season of uncertainty, and then you ended it with no doubt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to point out before yeah. somebody else does. Yeah, that's that's fine. But the 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 when I say uncertainty, it's like the inconsistencies of everyone in so many teams. Right. One thing that Pochettino was able to do is that he could arrest the situation. And he was quite fluid in the way he adapts things. So when we moved out of, of White Hart Lane, right, he went from a position where he'd he'd gone unbeaten at home to now a new a new place, right? And it took a while to make it feel like home. But in that meantime, he was doing really well away from home, 
right? One thing is, every time he was given time to address something, he addressed it, right? And improved. That's why I always felt that despite the really bad, um, the really bad ending he had, he he even he predicted it right. So he was like, "Look, he did. He, this is going this is going to happen. It's going to be tough. It's going to be horrible. Blah blah." Fine. He wasn't able to the time to do that. Now, Mourinho, with the experience he has, right? He's seen, like we are armchair um, pundits, right? We are people who have opinion, we've watched a lot of football, we play football to a certain level, blah, blah. You know, you much higher than I have. But we know enough to say that if you are a manager and you see what's happening on that pitch, right, and you see what we're, we're, we are, where our strengths and our weaknesses lie, why does it feel like the same mistakes are happening all the time? And I don't think it's fair to say individual errors all the time because you have to put yourselves in situations where people are isolated first and foremost so that they can commit individual errors when you defend as a team and you are you have a process you have a scheme you have an approach the chances are those individual errors don't happen like that's the benefit today when they came through there were three or four times where the center backs just looked lost they just look lost they look lost like there are a lot of players who have poor runs of form right john stones Poor runner form um, for a very long time, right? But once the injury set in and Diaz came in, Guardiola's like, I'm going to need you to step up. I'm going to need you to be better. And eventually, he was, right? He was coached into it. He was. Now, John Stones has always been like, um, had a, a lot of potential. You don't get signed for that amount of money if you're dead. Like, the potential has always been there. I think Sanchez got a lot of potential. Like, whether he needs an arm around his shoulder, whether he needs to be coached, or I don't know what it is. Because the bottom line is, he's not stupid. He's got to this level of football, right? Not by accident. He's got the athleticism. He's got the physical attributes. Someone needs to coach him. He's the same player who, in his first season, we looked at him and was like, we have got a great player here. He's a bit raw in some ways, but he's, we've got a great player here. There's, this idea that our squad isn't good enough, I think is unfair. I think currently, as a manager... It's your job to make the most out of what you've got. If you're not going to do that, if you're not going to do that, the idea that you can just say, oh, this um, this uh, this player's not good enough, this player's not good enough, it's frustrating. Today, when Ali came on, there were a couple of uh, flicks oh. that he pulled off, that he tried to pull off, that didn't come off at all. And he lost. He ended up losing the ball, right? He ended up losing the He's ball. He's not playing next game. He's not. I don't think he's going to play next game. <laughs> well, and, no, he will play next game because it's Wolfsburger, but oh, okay, yeah, fine, next yeah. league game. But and it, and it's frustrating. It's frustrating for me to see that because I want him to. I want Ali to. We all want Ali to be back to what he was before. But the thing is, it's not like when he was thriving on the pot, he didn't make mistakes. Of course, he made mistakes. But he was put in a position where he had license to do that. But when you're being thrown on against West Ham and you're two 0 down, and the expectation is for you to come and do things to, to change things around, you have to take those risks. But when they don't come off. They cause even more frustrating because we're losing three 0 We're losing two 0 well, well, it's not only that, right? It's the fact that you you tighten up as a player because he already knows that if he makes a mistake, he's um, going to be well. He, he couldn't have been substituted, but it's a problem for him, and it'll be highlighted. But like you say, on the other hand, he's actually been brought on to make a difference, and it's desperation time. I personally don't think he should have made some of those flicks. But especially the last one, it was unnecessary. He could have taken a touch and turn and done a better pass to Sun. 
but he took he took the chance and that's that's the type of player he is so when it comes off it's brilliant and when it doesn't it doesn't look so good but when your confidence is low and you know the pressure's on you actually think twice and you're not playing on instinct and he's not a player playing on instinct anymore because of the way he's been treated under Poch it was full of confidence, playing on instinct, and you're right. Obviously, everyone makes mistakes in during games, and forwards that um, and attack players they get um, highlighted less. But your point on coaching is a point we've touched on. I mean, you mentioned Stones; he's improved under Guardiola. Yeah, it's taken a few years; he's improved, um, but you can see it with the left back. Is it Cancer Sal? Yeah, he yeah. came in, struggled, improved under Guardiola. Everyone Cancelo, knows yeah. the system. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, everyone knows the system. Everyone knows what's expected of them. There's a consistent um, formation. There's a consistent rotation as well. Zinchenko, like he came to the um, the lane of Spurs Stadium, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium last season. It was awful. Got sent off, and you thought, well, they struggle with a left back. They're going to have to buy another one because Mendy's not cut the mustard. But Zinchenko's come in, and again. They're playing without a recognised striker. They're playing with like five midfielders. Um, but yeah, everybody knows what to do. And they've gone and what's it, 18-game unbeaten winning run? Winning run. So, yes, they've got loads of money. Yes, he's been able to just go and buy Diaz. And Stones cost 50 million. I get all of that. But I was watching them today. And what was interesting is their centre-backs very rarely pass backwards. Right, they very rarely go back to Edison. Edison's very capable on the ball, as we know. Right, but in possession, what they do is they talk about centre halves being comfortable on the ball, but they've got a next level, next level of comfortability. Our centre backs think they're comfortable on the ball, and when they get a little bit of pressure on the press, they the ball goes it. backwards. They cannot do it. To a keeper, oh, to a keeper who, to a keeper who is not known for, his, for having the ball at his feet. Yeah, I mean, I can't compare. Everybody knows Edison's the best, probably in the world football, at picking passes, right? So when you go back to him, you know you're going to get it back or he's going to get an assist down the other end. Like, fair enough. But what it gives you, it gives you that time. It gives you that confidence for De Bruyne to then pull off the line, Bernardo Silva to get into those gaps, and they play that 5, 10, 15-yard pass straight down the middle to a player who's ready to be on the half turn, Right? We have that in Kane. We have that in a bit of Lamella. Um, but, sorry, can I just say, great run by Lamella today. But how many ball rolls did he have to do in that run? Um, like, uh, I don't know. I don't even know. And have you, se- and have you seen that account? Lamella banned random ball rolls. Like, they just pin... I'm, I'm not surprised at all that this, is, <laughs> that this has its own account. At all. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a little bit funny, but every time he puts his foot over the ball, you just think, yeah, I get it. You want to get the ball under control. But he's running at the highest pace possible for Lamella, and he's still doing ball rolls. I'm just like, kick it in front of you. Get ahead of it. But anyway, my point is, back to the coaching, back to the system. And we touched on this. We touched on this. You and I touched on this. We don't have a style of play. Even with all the attacking players we had on today, they create something because they've got attacking qualities. Kane is one of the best strikers in the world. Bell has been one of the best players in the world. Um, Moore is quick, got good um, movement with the ball at his feet. And it's the Premier League. West Ham are not the greatest side in the world. They're just playing to a good system and got a few good players. But 
as a style of play and a pattern if we have to break down the team we don't have that pattern of passing to then switch it and then do the same thing on the other side we don't and i think we're looking at it now i don't even know where we're in the league i think we're ninth in the table arsenal lost so they couldn't go above us we've got a game in hand on them but this game in hand now is irrelevant because everybody above us is a few points above us two wins above us now or two results above us so we're in a position where we're in a league cup final right uh we're probably guaranteed to be in the last 16 of the um europa league but we're not going to get anything from the league we're not getting top four right let's just be honest now 13 games left or maybe 14 there's got to be a lot that goes wrong with a lot of sides now for us to get top four. So let's rule that out. I'm not ruling that out, but okay. I agree with it. Okay. Fair enough. I'm just saying, in order for us to get top four, there's a lot of sides that need to lose a lot of games, right? Mm. And we've got to go put together a run, which we haven't shown under Jose f- at all not like a five, six, seven game winning streak. We haven't done that under Jose. So it's going to be unlikely and he hasn't found a solution thus far. But at which point do you turn around if you're leaving, you've taken this gamble of Jose Mourinho and you've taken this gamble and I feel like he's taking this gamble because obviously things with Poch, Poch was getting a bit frustrated with all the long conversations with Daniel about improving his side, the side kind of was ready for a rebuild. But if you know that and you're Daniel Levy and you know the side needs a rebuild, that means you're telling me you've got a few world-class players there. They're all at the prime or near the end of their prime. You then get in the most winningest manager you can even though he hasn't really been the same manager but a manager you've admired for a long long time and tried to get him before you get him in for one purpose to win yeah and you get him in for one purpose to win because it's now or maybe not never but now or not for a while because if you don't win something Kane's already said out loud not in a nasty way, but as long as the team continues to progress, I will stay. And he's mentioned more recently than that trophies. Okay? Where it's time to win trophies. He's 28 next birthday. He knows now's the time to win or to leave. I'm going to leave it there with him. Son hasn't signed his new contract, as we've touched on. Rayon may not be there next season regardless. It's time to capitalise on the players that we have. And like you said, and like we've done the exercise, player for player, I still believe Leicester, West Ham, Everton, Aston Villa are not better than us. (coughs) Excuse me. So if we can get a manager in now who can galvanise a squad if Jose can't, turn us around, get us... Manager bounce, new manager bounce, whatever it is. Would you do it, and who would you do it with if you would do it? You know, it's funny because a lot of people wanted um, <coughs> a lot of people wanted um, Nagelsmann, and he's the fashionable choice. And don't get me wrong, 
if you can get him, it's great. But the the I think the fee to get him is like forty five mil or something like that. Like, and you know he's he's quite he's young man. He's like he's early thirties. So it's kind of like does he does he have the required experience? He's he's only coached in that one place, you know. So. It's good. Well, two, two. It was Hoffenheim before. Sorry, he turned Hoffenheim, yeah. Out Madrid at Hoffenheim. Yeah. And actually, I like his mindset. Sorry, just to cut you yeah, off. Yeah, I heard something about him the other day where he was like, actually got the call from Madrid. And uh, I know they were calling around a few players, a um, few managers, but he said it was too early for him in his development to go there. He wanted to go somewhere else to build up more experience and understanding of the game. And that's why he went to... Um, Red Bull. So I respect him for that. And yeah, you're right. He is the fashionable choice. But if 45 million is his fee and we have to pay Mourinho close to, and it's definitely 15 million for next season and whatever's left for this season, that's 60 odd million. Yeah, 60 odd million to get him out. So, so, you know, that's, that is tough. But when I look at managers that I think are realistically available, <coughs> I like the look of Allegri. I think that he's someone who's had a a good managerial career. He's managed... He did a good job with... Um, with um, Caligari? Calgary. 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 Can't remember. Um, and I'm mispronouncing that, so apologies. Um, he did a decent job with them. Um, and then moved to Milan. Um, I mean, well, he, I guess he was... He was, he was sacked... Um, uh, um, Calig- Caligari, 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 yeah. um, and well, I've had a pound for every time I said that today. Um, yeah, so he, he, so I think he got he got sacked um, from them, despite like he did quite a solid job. But then he went to join um, Milan, where he was fairly successful, won the league with them, um, solidified things. You know, he brought he brought through some some encouraging young players. I think that's when Stefan Alshari came through. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I think uh, Balotelli also like came through under him, or or did well under him. Um, so there was that, and then he went to Juventus, where he like you know he won like four in a bounce. He had a Champions League final, um, but lost to. Was it Barca? Was it? Yeah, he lost. Yeah, they lost to Barca, didn't they? Uh, yeah, 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 they lost. They lost three one to Barca, I think it was. And that's when I. Yeah, that's when I was saying um, Pogba had that really amazing um, game, but they lost. They lost three um, one. Something. Yeah, when Manzukic scored that overhead kick. Yeah, yeah. So um, he did that, but in the run up to that, like they dispatched uh, Madrid, who were defending champions at the time, like over over two legs. So he's got. He's got. A history of managing big players, getting results for big clubs. He's got real like tactical. He's a real tactical manager. He's a real tactician, right? He likes to he likes to make tweaks, um, changes. He's he's played everything from like a a three five two to a four three two one to a four four two to a four three three. Like he doesn't mind switching between like systems if it's going to mean that there's a significant impact for the team so for me he's he's available 
He's won things. He's got the tactical knowledge. He's worked with big players. He commands respect. Now, this is why, when, when I think before Mourinho came in, people were talking, and I said I'd rather have Ancelotti than Mourinho. And a lot of people were like, oh, that's kind of crazy. Like, Mourinho's won things wherever he's won. And I was like, yeah, he's won everything wherever he's won. And uh, I get that, respect it. I think it's good. But then I also know that Ancelotti's won everything. Won, not everything, but he's won things wherever he's gone. Right, he pretty much won everything. Yeah, and Ancelotti. No, he won. He's won every um any every possible title you could win, um domestically. He just hasn't won it as many times. Won them as many times as as Mourinho has. But like, yeah. he's he's won he's won Champions League twice, I think. He won Champions League yeah. twice. Um, he was very successful as a player. He's he was very successful at Chelsea. I mean, even when they removed him at Chelsea, like when they sacked him at bit Chelsea. Bit of an understatement, sorry. Bit of an understatement, he was very successful as a player. He was a boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he Ancelotti was, in that Milan side. Yeah. So he, that so, was the Milan Gazetta della Sport on Saturday. That was Milan. That was Ancelotti. That was Baresi. That was Maldini. That was Costa Curta. That was, he was part of that. Don yeah, Adon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they, they were... They were a generation, yeah, yeah, a generation, yeah. a generational side. Yeah, but the point is, is that he's one of the few people who've been able to translate that success as a player as to being a coach, right? For me, what I've seen, he's got a balance of being a coach, a manager, a tactician, as well as a player's manager. But one thing I do like about him is he's he's always calm. He's always calm. He's not erratic. You know, so that's why I, that's why I wanted him. And there's a lot of those qualities that I see in Allegri. Allegri, he's free right now. Doesn't have to pay anything to get him. Like he might want a new challenge. If so, to get a player of his ilk at Tottenham would be fantastic. And then maybe when no Nagelsmann has um has some more time or whatever, and we want to, if we still think he's the right way, then cool. But if we're gonna win stuff and win it quickly, I think Allegri can do the the job of instilling a culture, a way of playing. And if we could get him now, I'm not gonna lie. I pull the sugar, and we 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 go get him. Well, he's this. If he doesn't get a job this season, he would have been out of the game for two years, for two seasons. So I think he would jump at the opportunity to come to a Premier League side with resources. We may not have a lot of resources to spend, but I don't think. A manager that comes in actually really needs to spend that much. Yes, the squad isn't as good as we maybe thought it was. But, I mean, we just need schemes and systems to learn how to defend right. There is enough attacking-minded players and firepower there to have a strong platform to play off of. Um, you see what Angelotti's done. You see what bloody old David Moyes has done. Right? We're not asking for Rogers' kind of turnaround and literally playing great football we're asking for just a bit of defensive understanding and a bit of cohesion now a lot of people turn around and say we still need to give Jose time a lot of people tell you that Jose probably won't be there next season because uh, he's not going to get the sort of money that he wants in order to turn around this team uh, we could be facing a situation where we have no Jose we have the huge debt still. We have no Kane, no Rehion, Son, Dombele knocking at the door. Um, and in a position where we're not in European football come the end of the season. That's very pessimistic. 
but it's also realistic if we don't win anything. And there is no guarantee that we're going to beat that City side. I'm not, I'm not saying that, oh my God, we're not going to win. I'm saying it's not a gimme, right? It's definitely not a gimme, and we're going to have to have a system. We're going to have to be disciplined, and we're going to have to have a bit of good fortune to win that game. Right? I think that's fair. It doesn't mean that's that... Yeah, and like you touched on, there is optimism. We've got a 50-50 record against them. I think they've lost two games in the league. So there's, was it to us and Leicester? So only us and Leicester can actually say that, right? So, well, Leicester, can't, Leicester have got 100% record because they haven't played them twice. Um, but we're the only other side who have beaten them. So we have a chance if we can get that cohesion, that understanding um, back and consistently... I think we're going to need to have a little bit of consistency up until that final because I think just f- trying to find it for that final is not going to work. The Europa League, when, when I touched on that last week, I forgot to mention that Man United are in there as well. I forgot about them being in there. So as well as Leicester, as well as Arsenal, you've got Man United. Uh, so again, it's not a gimme that we're going to win that. Yes, we're in the last 16 and yes, Arsenal have got a draw or drawing against Benfica at half-time. And yes, Leicester are drawing against, who are they playing, Slavia Prague or somebody, at half-time. But I guarantee you both sides go through. And I guarantee you in a 16, we're going to get somebody who's going to challenge us. And if we're not on our Dean, we are going to get knocked out. Okay? This notion of it's a gimme and it's Jose and he wants to win it, so he's going to win it, that notion's gone out the window a long time ago. So we could be in a position where we're out of European football, top players have left, and we don't know what's going to happen next. So do we do that now? Or do we say we do need a manager, but we go for somebody who's not as established and is a project and could potentially turn it around this season, but is somebody who's going to be there for another four or five years like um, Poch was? I mean, that's obviously, that's obviously what people like. But the thing is, if you do, if you're going to do something like that, you need to know that by the end of that project, what's the aim, right? Is it the aim to get us constantly competitive, or is it the point to get us to have won something? Like that's it. Like for me, I think that having someone like Allegri could do both. Um, I just don't know how many people there are like Allegri out there. But for him, I I would definitely I would take him as a way to bridge the gap. Because right now, Mourinho is brought in because he can win stuff, right? But like I've said to you so many times, he kind of puts you over the edge. So if you're taking, us, taking over from Pochettino earlier, we probably would have won something, maybe even the league, right? But we, he, came, he came to us in team where it declined. He's not, a real, he's not a rebuilding kind of manager. So for me, the idea now is to get someone like, who can get us to win things but also instill a style we don't have a style man and that is that's one of the biggest problems of, of this of this team right now so for me take take Allegri give him the opportunity to do both and see where it happens see where it takes us because what Ancelotti is doing at Everton shouldn't be sniffed at like he also made compromises right like he was like okay I can get I can get Hamas Rodriguez for cheap I've worked with him before let me get him in and see if I can get a tune out of him and the team that already had Sigurdsson 
if we were Tottenham fans looking at it, we'd be like, oh, well, we can't have we can't have Rodriguez. We've already got Sigurdsson. The same way people were like, oh, well, we can't have Sigurdsson because we've got Eriksson. That what kind of mentality is that? People should want to scrap out, scrap it out to play on that pitch. The competition breeds success. That we've seen that happen so many times. But whenever we try and buy someone, it's like, oh, we're going to buy this person because they'll take this person's place. And so what? If they want to play, they step their game up. Right now, I don't have any faith. I have never, I don't have any faith. I've never had as little faith as I do right now in Mourinho doing anything for us as a manager. He's never been my manager, but look, I support the team and I want him to do well because him doing well means Tottenham are doing well. But for right now, there's a feeling of hopelessness at the club and it feels like we're in free fall. I don't want to, I don't know if I'm exaggerating, but that's how it feels. Well, just to that end, I think we'll leave it there, but just to that end, it, for those who think are. Oh, how can you be speaking about the special one like this? He's the most winningest manager. We just need to give him transfer funds. We need to stick with him. We've already outlined why he should be doing better. We've already outlined those that are doing better with less. And let's just look at a few things here. All of the, f- the records, the accolades he's got, they're slowly... Okay, you can't take away his titles, don't get me wrong. But you're seeing things now that are showing demise in his managerial effectiveness. He's lost three in a row for the first time in the Premier League with us, okay? The stat today, he's conceded for the first time in both halves um, within the first five minutes for the first time ever. And why I think that's important is because... We're not set up right. How can you go out both halves and concede within the first five minutes? You can't be set up right. Okay. Um, One that got away today, and I think this has happened throughout the season as well, the records he's had, the individual records he's had against other managers, whereby they haven't beaten him or they haven't beaten him at home, he's lost some of those. And today he lost to Moyes. This is the first time Moyes has ever beaten Jose Mourinho's side. So... He's in decline. And one of the biggest stats is his points per game ratio is the lowest since one day Ramos for any Spurs manager um, in recent times. I mean, that's that that horrible. So this is why we're talking of what does Enoch and Levy do right now. And don't get me wrong. I know we've been proud of Levy and, um, and Enoch in terms of the stadium build, but some people say at what cost? And I don't think we can overlook their part in all of this and the situation we're currently in. Um, but I think that's for another pod, right? Yeah, I mean, look, it takes it's, it's part of a lot of things. And you're absolutely right. That is probably a whole other conversation. But I also don't want to... And this is why it's a whole other conversation, because before they came into it, we were a different we were a different club with different aspirations. So you're right. It's a different pub. Maybe it's the next one. Hopefully, hopefully we, we, uh, we beat Wolfsburger like 7-0, so there's not much to talk about there. And then we can go into that, but who knows? Yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. So I'm going to do the admin. I'm going to do the admin. I think we've got one new city this week. So, cool, cool. Um, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, if you've locked on before, apologies, but you get another shout-out. So, shout-out to you guys. I think that's the only new city this week. A few new UK cities, but we don't really shout the UK cities out. Um, but thanks to all the regular listeners, and thank you to the new listeners. Um, Quabner's going to tell you all the info, so 
you can keep listening. And we're trying to bring some up tempo, upbeat, and some <laughs> analytical thinking for yeah. the current dire period. And you notice I use that word again, um, dire, because um, yeah, I think he was. It's not okay. Let's let's dress this right. This elephant in the room. This is your mate. <laughs> it's my mate. Yeah. Yeah. That at this point, I think Dyer's only playing because he speaks Portuguese. He's six foot two, and he prefers to play on the left of um, the centre back pairing. I think they're the three attributes that you know, are keeping you know, him I would playing prefer, in the side. Do you know? I would prefer that he wasn't playing at all. That's what would be my preference, isn't it? But who cares what I think? Who cares? You gotta get your badges, son. You gotta get your badges. Turn badges, isn't it? Turn this team around. <laughs> Turn this team around. All right, cool. Um, yes, yeah, so I guess it's it's time to wrap up, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> it's not easy, guys, but it's gonna change. It's gonna change, man. There's light at the end of the come. Nothing lasts forever. The change is gonna come. That's it. Nothing lasts forever, man. So um, yeah, we are the Shelf Style Podcast. You can follow us on Shelf Pod on Twitter. If you are listening on Apple Podcast, please leave a review. Five stars only because we only give you five star content. Until next time, it's good night from me. And it's good night from me. And little shout out to Jimmy Walking Show. You know who you are. Thanks for listening. Big up, Jimmy. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So listen, Lero, run the outro. <laughs> Side, 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 side